Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well always as we near Christmas, as we near the close of Advent and the coming of our Lord as a little baby. We say a little helpless baby. Um, babies of uh, newborn babies are helpless, but this newborn baby never ceased being God while becoming a hundred percent man and held the world together from the manger. He was diapered by his mom. He was carried. He was um, raised, uh, cuddled. Uh, Every human need he had was taken care of, but he held the world together from the manger. It's a mystery that no one will fathom ever be able to fully understand. We're, We're finite. God is infinite. He never ceased being God. And we are just a couple of days away from Christmas. Um, um, And uh, for us, um, the Station of the Cross will be um, airing uh, beautiful Christmas uh, specials over the weekend from EWTN, um, special music, all of that. And I think uh, tomorrow and Monday they're going to be gone because they have families and spend Christmas with them and run encores on Friday and Monday and then special Christmas program programming all through the weekend. So it'll be very, very wonderful, beloved, which means before Christmas, this is our last program together before Tuesday. Um, but continue to tune into the Station of the Cross for a, a very, very beautiful um final uh, couple of days of Advent and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day um, and Monday of Christmas week. It's going to be very, very, very beautiful. Um, What I thought was, um, I want us to be strengthened to encourage one another to live the faith. Um, But we have to live the faith with our eyes open and in truth. And so um, we are so... um, sick, um, spiritually sick at what's going on in the world today. Father Frank Pavone, uh, laicized, um, just came out this morning. Fifty Italian priests wrote a scandalous letter saying that they are all homosexuals and they're tired of having to protect themselves by being silent about being a homosexual priest. Well, you're either homosexual or you're priest. You can't be both. You could be a priest, but if you're a practicing homosexual, you must not practice your priesthood. Um, so much evil in the world today, blanketing the world, dear ones, outside the church and, to me, greater within the church. So this is what the Apostle Paul wrote um, 2,000 years ago to the Romans because this is what they lived um, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm, I'm not worried about offending people. I'm not worried about being persecuted. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the good news of God becoming man, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith. 
as it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. And Paul goes on to say that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Dear priests, dear bishops, dear cardinals, lay people, God has shown it to you. If you've received the gift of faith, been baptized, confirmed, call yourself a Catholic, God has shown it to you. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Sounds like a description, beloved, of a good portion of our bishops today. It's an awful thing to say, but we're speaking truth here. And every uh, further news that comes out every day uh, affirms the tragedy of this. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. And therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Paul continues in Romans chapter 1, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Description of today. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness and covetousness, evil, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity. They are gossips. Listen to what's included here. Gossips. Gossips are murderers. They kill the soul. Gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, is in this list. Foolish, faithful, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but approve those who practice them. It's a description of today. Children being disrespectful, disobedient to their parents, men with men, women with women, everybody. Shame is gone. Nobody's going to say, I I repent. No, now they're coming and saying, this needs to be, we need to be out in the open, and the Catholic teaching has to change. It's, it's, It's an abomination. A thousand years ago, which is a thousand years after the Apostle Paul wrote that letter to the Romans, St. Bernard had an admonition and a summons to both parents and priests. And just uh, again, a reminder that God has not given your children to the priests 
or to the church. He's given them to you. You have the stewardship of raising them in the nurture and admonition of the faith. And you will never be able to stand before God and accuse the priests uh, or the schools of what they've done or failed to do. Now, I'm not talking about abuse cases. They need to be in jail. And I, don't, I don't mean that. But in terms of the faith, it's your job, parents. Monsignor Charles Pope wrote this article uh, a few years back, and I will read anything that Holy Priest of God uh, writes. And at the time he wrote it, he said in the Office of Readings was a sermon from St. Bernard, who was preaching to his monks and priests. He called them to mount the watchtower of their pulpits, and having listened to the word of God, warn his people of threats to their salvation. And then he goes on to sample the sermon um, and uh, ponder its meaning for us. So the first quote from St. Bernard, he includes, I assure you, you, my brothers, this is St. Bernard speaking about 1100, I assure you, my brothers, that even to this day it is clear to some that the words which Jesus speaks are spirit and life. And for this reason, they follow him. To others, these words seem hard, and so they look elsewhere for some pathetic consolation. Yet wisdom cries out in the streets, in the broad and spacious way that leads to death, to call back those who take this path. And I would venture to say, dear ones, there are more people in the world and in this country on the path to death than on the path to life. Jesus said the way... uh, Uh, that leads to eternal life, that road is narrow, and the one that leads to eternal death forever is wide. But they both say this way to heaven. Both the narrow and and the wide both say this way to heaven. But there's only one that leads to heaven, and it's too narrow to take any baggage with you. St. Bernard reminds, uh, Monsignor Pope says, St. Bernard reminds these ancient priesters that some people will accept the words of the Lord while others will condemn them as foolish, hard, unreasonable, and harsh. Today, it is common for many in the world to attack teachings of the church and scripture, particularly those regarding human life and sexuality, as harsh, unkind, even hateful. Can you imagine a man like Father Frank Pavone, who we hesitate, we're not supposed to call father anymore. Can you imagine a man like that gives his whole life to the pro-life cause and he's taken out of the priesthood by the church, by the Vatican? This is, um, this is evil. Without a chance of being repealed, whatever he's done, whatever he's accused of, let him be disciplined. But you don't remove him from the priesthood without an opportunity to be repealed, and he was never told. He heard it from a news article. It, it, absolutely insane. The church is acting like, um, not even a dictatorship, like mafia. And it's, it's tragic, beloved. But we have hope, and we'll never, ever lose it, because God is building his church, and nothing touches us, uh, Father Frank Pavone, nothing touches us that God does not allow nothing, including evil. Um, There's the music for our first break, beloved, and we'll have a whole half hour uh, after the second break for your calls, your texts, your emails, Um, and um, I look forward to them because this will be our last opportunity to speak before Christmas Day. 
So we'll be right back. And call in with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483. beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live like the catholic current and the many other programs that originate from the station of the cross divine mercy in my soul is all about the messages that jesus revealed to saint faustina it is aired every sunday morning at 11 eastern and tuesday nights at 8 p.m or you can listen anytime to divine mercy in my soul on the iCatholic radio mobile app listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the for more information magnets are a great way to promote the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic radio. We hear all the time from new listeners who were introduced to the station through a bumper magnet. We'd be happy to send you a bumper magnet so that others can come to know our Lord. Just go to the station of the cross.com and find our bumper magnet request button under the about tab. That's the station of the cross.com under the about tab. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for a very special episode of The Catholic Current. I'll be offering an extended meditation on the Christmas season, taking the perennial wisdom of the Church and applying it to our own here and now. Let's find Christ together this Christmas. Please do join me for the special episode of The Catholic Current this Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are... um, uh, somewhat yet at the beginning of a wonderful article by Monsignor Charles Pope that he wrote a few years ago uh, concerning uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who lived around 1100. His message, um, his summons to priests and parents. Um, and again, this was a thousand years ago, a thousand years after uh, St. Paul wrote his letter to the Romans condemning um, all the homosexuality and, and evil going on in that day. And St. Bernard uh, does the same in his day, and it's grown ever worse in this day. And uh, St. Bernard says, um, I assure you, my brothers, that even to this day it is clear to some that the words which Jesus speaks are spirit and life, and for this reason they follow him. To others... These words seem hard, and so they look elsewhere for some pathetic consolation. That's what I think of the German synod bishops 
and priests who a pathetic consolation the same with the priests 50 priests in Italy who declared themselves homosexual and they don't want to be silent anymore it's an it's a it's a travesty it's evil um and they want to change church teaching. They want pathetic consolation. And yet wisdom, St. Bernard says, cries out in the streets in the broad and spacious way that leads to death to call back those who take this path. And Monsignor Pope says St. Bernard reminds these ancient pre- preachers in St. Bernard's day that some people will accept the words of the Lord while others will condemn them as foolish, hard, unreasonable, and harsh. Or as some of the errant bishops today say, it, they, the faith needs to be updated and changed to accommodate modern man. You don't change truth. If it's changeable, it's not truth. Its application can vary, but if the application changes the truth, then it's false. Today it is common for many in the world, Monsignor says, to attack teachings of the church and scripture, particularly those regarding human life and sexuality, as harsh, unkind, even hateful. They flee to what St. Bernard calls the pathetic consolations of the world, which affirm and even celebrate deeply sinful things such as abortion, fornication, homosexual acts, euthanasia, and physician-assisted suicide. And Monsignor wrote this three years ago in 2019, and all of these situations have multiplied exponentially. Monsignor says, what what are we to do in the face of this widespread rejection of the Lord's words? St. Bernard says that we should imitate Lady Wisdom who cries out to call us back, we must cry out in the broad and spacious way that leads to the damnation of the second death. We must call them back and away from the pathetic lies and false consolations of a world gone mad. Beloved, I know you're going to be traveling to family or they're going to be traveling to you. Um, You must not keep silent when they are living in grave sin. Speak the truth in love, but speak the truth. Don't call them out in front of the whole family. Take them aside. Be respectful, but speak the truth or you will be accountable. St. Bernard says the Lord calls upon sinners to return to their true spirit and rebukes them when their hearts have gone astray, for it is in the true heart that he dwells, and there he speaks, fulfilling what he taught through the prophet, speak to the heart of Jerusalem. And Monsignor says too many bishops, priests, deacons, and parents fear rejection and fail to rebuke. Someone might get upset or angry, we say. Too easily do we fear losing the esteem of man and fret over being in conflict with others. Courage, fortitude, and serene confidence in the word of God seem to be gone from the heart of too many Catholic leaders. St. Bernard says that we should speak to the heart of others. This means that we should appeal to a person's conscience, to that better self that is buried beneath rationalization, deception, and self-justification. Keep down inside, every deep down inside, everyone is his conscience, conscience where the voice of God echoes, so that we must consistently appeal. St. Paul says we do not practice deceit, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, 
my open proclamation of the faith, says St. Paul, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Monsignor says this is the work, the battle of every preacher, of every parent, of every leader, and I will add, of every single Christian. St. Bernard says here also the prophet Habakkuk, far from hiding the Lord's, Lord's reprimands, he dwells on them with attentive and anxious care. Habakkuk says, I will stand upon my watchtower and take up my post on the ramparts, keeping watch to see what he will say to me and what I answer. What answer will I make to those who try to confute me? Monsignor Pope says, the image of a watchtower reminds me of a pulpit. Our pulpits used to be high places. We had to climb up a good number of stairs to reach them. While this was often necessary for audibility before there were microphones, in every pulpit there was more to it than that. Standing in those older pulpits above the congregation as if in a watchtower, we warned of approaching dangers and summoned our people to battle, describing the enemy, his tactics, and the weapons to be used against him. Today's pulpits look more like lecterns. There is little that, se- that seems prominent about them. This both affects and reflects modern preaching, which so often fails to warn to the approaching wolf, warn of the approaching wolf. The good shepherd sees the wolf coming and drives it away. But as for the fearful shepherd, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf pounces on them and scatters the flock, Gospel of John, chapter 10. This is emblematic of our times. St. Bernard says, I beg you, my brothers, stand upon your watchtower, for now is the time for battle. Let all our dealings be in the heart where Christ dwells, in right judgment and wise counsel, but in such a way as to place no confidence in those dealings, nor rely upon our fragile defenses, Monsignor Charles Pope says we we must re-engage the battle that too many of us have set aside, and this battle must be engaged on every level. Priests have the watchtowers of their pulpits. Parents have the watchtower of their table during dinner and of their car when driving with their children. These pulpits must resound again with instruction in the Word of God with right judgment, with wise counsel, and with sober warning about impending foes and moral dangers. Use, dear ones, Monsignor says, use whatever pulpit you have as a watchtower. Moral error and foes abound. Sound the trumpet of warning. Bestow the medicine of God's teaching. Drawing the faithful to the sacraments, to prayer, and to all that is holy and true. Oh, dear ones, um, parents, you have been given a great, great stewardship uh, to raise your children in the faith. A great, great stewardship. And if you're letting the world raise them, 
if you're letting their desire to be popular with their friends in school or elsewhere, if you're giving in to that, you're letting the world raise them. You are corrupting them because you are allowing, you are turning them over to corruption. If you allow your young ladies to go out with skirts above their knees, I don't care what that is, then you are dressing them immodestly and preparing them for corruption. If their blouses are too low, cut. If their sleeves are too short. If their clothing is too tight. If they wear bands around their neck. Everything completely immodest and suggestive. Men, you have no right to walk around in shorts or without shirts. You have no right. You have a right to sin. You have a right to do what you want. But it's not of God. There's nothing modest. When you look back a couple of hundred years, you see men working in the field in 100 degree weather, and they're in long pants and shoes and shirts with long sleeves, maybe rolled up halfway, suspenders, and they work. We don't have to go naked in the world because of the weather. Um, We need to be modest. We need to get our children out of school. And we need to homeschool as much as possible. And at the very least, we need to not allow our children into one class, Catholic school or not, friend or not, that is against the faith, that allows children to to study um, God's um, anatomy for intimacy. It has no business in kindergarten If your child is in a school that teaches anything about transgenderism, um, LGBTQ, XYZ, whatever that is, uh, same-sex unions, uh, all of that, you get them out of school, not just that class, out of the school, because the children are going to be influenced, and that is going to be the conversation, and they will be utterly corrupted. They could be there one day and never forget what they've seen. And what they've heard. I don't know how to... um, My heart wants to pour this into your hearts. Christmas is coming up, beloved. Let it be about Christ. Let it be about Christ. And let let not one gift be unwrapped that is immoral in any way, even in a joke. If you bought it and you've wrapped it, throw it in the garbage. Don't give it. Have everything point to Christ, or at least not point against him. You want to give your children new pajamas for Christmas? That's just fine. But make sure there's no pattern on them that would not be honoring to God, or that would dishonor him. Every moment, beloved, we walk with God every, every single moment. And if we choose not to, God has given us free will. We can choose to follow him, and to be a good steward of the children and the spouses he's given us, or we can be selfish and live a sinful life. Mother, your children don't come before your husband. They will learn love and respect, obedience, decency, graciousness, by how they see you treat their father. Papa, your children could care what you know. They could care what you give them and what they do, what you do for them. What they care about is how they see you 
loving their mother, hugging her, laying down your life for her, respecting her. That's what they care about. If they see love, they'll learn love. If they see respect, they'll learn respect. Spend Christmas, beloved, loving one another. Don't criticize. If you have a criticism, keep it to yourself. Or say it to someone in a very loving voice, very privately, if it has to be said. Pray for them instead. Love one another, beloved. We'll be right back after the break to take your calls and your emails and your texts. I didn't take my faith seriously, which which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 22nd. Today we celebrate Blessed Jacopone de Todi. Following the accidental death of his devoutly Christian wife, which radically changed his behavior, the residents of northern Italy identified Jacopone as Crazy Jim. Almost overnight, the man Jacopo, who had been known for his fancy lifestyle and indifference to religion, made a 180-degree turn. He divided his possessions among the poor and became a lay Franciscan. He undertook strict public penances, often dressed in rags, and was mocked as a fool. After initial concern for his suitability, Jacoponi was eventually accepted into the Franciscan order, joining a group who wished to live a separate life that better reflected the strict poverty of St. Francis himself. Imprisoned for a time for questioning the validity of Pope Boniface VIII's election, he accepted his condition as penance. He is thought by some to have composed the familiar hymn, Stabat Mater Dolorosa. Jacoponi died on Christmas Day in 1306, as the Gloria from the Midnight Mass was intoned. Honor as a blessed within the Franciscan family, to date, he is not recognized as such by the Universal Church. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, you are welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your hearts, especially as the holidays are come up. Coming up, we have this last half hour before Christmas for your calls to be together um, talking back and forth in person. And you're welcome to call in with whatever it is on your heart whatsoever. Um, uh, toll free 1 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the um, <clears throat> You may text at that number as well. We have an email from J.P. who writes, Good evening, Mother. Last week you spoke of the Catechism of the Council of Trent explained. All I can find is the Catechism of the Council of Trent, no explained, or the Catechism explained. That's what it is, dear one. 
it, the title is The Catechism Explained. That is the title of it. It's a thick book, but it is The Catechism of Trent. That's what I was saying, but it's not titled that. You'll see as you look inside that it's the catechism of the explanation comes uh, using the catechism of Trent. Uh, everything in there is true and still true, uh, but it doesn't say Trent. It just simply says the catechism explained. JP says, could you please send me a picture or give me more information? I hope this is helpful. Um, and says, as someone who is trying to grow in my faith, I agree with your assessment that this would be of great help. As a matter of fact, the moment you mentioned it, a feeling came over me like a light bulb came on. That's great. I listen to your show as often as I can while driving from the different job sites I have to visit on a daily basis, and I find your wavering knowledge, information, and steadfast approach to the faith very informative and helpful. Thank you very much, and God bless you, JP. Okay, JP, God bless you. Go back to your sources. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's published by Mediatrics Press. You can get it directly on their website as well. Uh, and it, the title is The Catechism Explained. Very good. We have an email from Peggy. Peggy says, Mother, I've been an EMHC. Let me give me a minute to figure that one out. An e- I'm guessing Extraordinary Minister of the Holy Eucharist. Um, I have been an EMHC for many years, and I love being able to bring Jesus to others. Now, after listening to more traditional Catholics, I'm wondering if it is wrong for women to be on the altar and or to distribute Holy Communion. Also, we only have the Novus Ordo Mass here. Should I and my husband try to find a Latin Mass? Thank you, and God bless Peggy. It is wrong for a woman to be on the altar, um, Peggy, but the church allows it. So someone says, are you greater than the church mother? Do you know more? No, I do not. But it is a desecration. Uh, I know the church has allowed it. The church has allowed many desecrations. Uh, It doesn't mean it's right um, because the church has allowed it. Um, uh, A woman should not be on that altar and no one but the consecrated hands of a holy priest should be distributing communion, beginning and end of story. Um, and you say, should you and your husband try to find a Latin Mass? I would urge you to do that. Uh, the Novus Ordo Mass you attend is is valid. Um, you're receiving our Lord. Um, I suggest that no one receive him standing and in the hands. So you need to kneel and receive him on the tongue. That's the norm. Uh, that's what I recommend, and I, I. It's not that you should find a Latin Mass, but I would, I would recommend that you do that. Um, okay, we have an email from Victor, and Victor says, um, uh, "Hello, Mother Miriam. My name is Victor. I'm a 27-year-old Catholic man." And first, I want to share with you how happy it may be to have rediscovered you this past week. Before the pandemic started, I was a regular listening listener to your program, Mother Miriam Live, when it was being posted on YouTube. I last remembered that you were not feeling too good and asking for prayers because you said your memory seemed to forget more easily in the last programs. Then the program was taken off. Oh, dear. It was taken off YouTube, and I could not tell what had become of you. Whether your program was off the air or you were no longer able to conduct it because of health reasons, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, 
hold, hold on, Victor. Victor says, imagine my joy when I came across a short clip from a channel called The Frontline TV on YouTube, where you seemed healthy. Yes, I'm terrific. I'm terrific, Victor. Where you seem healthy and with your char- char- uh, a charisma and spark intact, and you were discussing current events, U.S. midterm elections. I noticed that the description recommended going to Rumble for the full program. I downloaded the app and have been catching up since then. <laughs> Great. Mother, I want to ask you, what do I do if I feel that my life is lacking purpose? Well, that's a great question, Victor. And you must assume, first step, if you feel your life is lacking, lacking purpose, you can affirm that it is because it's the grace of God that is putting that on your heart. So it is lacking purpose, Not doesn't mean completely, but it means God has a much fuller life for you. Victor writes, I feel that I do not know what to do anymore. I have a few plans, but they tend to pull me their way, and I become immobile. I cannot tell what to do. I was born in Cuba, 1995, in what was called the Special Period, which is the period right after the fall of the USSR, and it was no longer subsidizing the Cuban regime or importing goods to the island. It was a time of great scarcity and hardship for the Cuban people. I am the youngest of five children, four boys and one girl. When my mother became pregnant with me, my older brother was just a few months old. And since the last pregnancy had been so recent and my father having to care for the other children in such a trying time, he tried to convince my mother to get an abortion. Oh, I'm so sorry, Victor. Cuba was the first nation in the American continent to legalize abortion after the communist um, revolution in 1959. This evil practice still is one of the main ways uh, of contraception. Although my mother knew that it was a hard time, she was not convinced, and I was born. Blessed be God, Victor. God created you for himself. That's why you need more purpose now. I will always be indebted to my mother, indeed, for choosing life for me. When I was four years old, when St. John Paul II visited Cuba, I was baptized in a Catholic church. In 2004, this is a beautiful email, in 2004, my father immigrated to the U.S. via a third country. He got a visa to go to Honduras and from there crossed to Guatemala, Mexico, and finally the U.S., He asked for political asylum, and four years later, my mother, my older brother, and I came to the U.S. in a similar way. We left Cuba illegally in a boat and were taken to Mexico, where human traffickers asked my father for money to let us go. My father had been working diligently since his arrival, and he paid $20,000. So they would let us leave. Oh, how criminal is that? We arrived in the USA on January, in January 2008. I was 12 years old at the time. Soon after, my family relocated to Miami, Florida, and me and my brother of 13 started school. I became a really good student and learned English relatively quickly. I graduated high school at the top of my class and went to a private liberal arts college where I again did very well academically and graduated top of my class again. No surprise to me, Victor. 
My plan at the time was to go to medical school, but then God came into my life. The Catholic faith in Cuba is just a remnant. It's there, but you cannot see it and or do not notice it. My family can best be described as in-between agnostic and lukewarm. People in Cuba cannot really tell Catholics from Protestants. Uh, Victor, they can't tell Catholics from Protestants here either, or even Catholics from unbelievers altogether, or from Mormons, etc. Before, there are a lot of Protestants and Mormons, a lot more zealous than a good percentage of Catholics. It's, It's shameful. Victor continues, before having the grace to deepen my faith, I really could not tell. We know we have statues. We pray often to them. And again, we pray to the saints through the representation of those statues. But to us, the saints were like small gods, small g. We often syncretized Catholic and pagan African practices, what is called Santeria. Any type of institutionalized religion is frowned upon because it's obviously men trying to control you and take your money. The Catholic Church and the priests are prohibited from giving masses regularly, and pretty much all they do is some social work and often baptisms of children. Victor says, after I graduated college five years ago, my plan was to go to medical school, but I had a restlessness in my heart because I thought that although I would be, could become a doctor and make lots of money, will it really be worth it? Will I really find meaning in life? Victor, I fully resonate with your heart. Victor says, I was choosing this career because of stability and income, and it was something that made my parents very proud. However, as I said... God came into my life. I watched a video on YouTube YouTube called 10 Things Protestants Believe Wrongly About Catholics. I'll repeat that title. 10 Things Protestants Believe Wrongly About Catholics by um, an at-the-time Protestant YouTuber named Lizzie Rize, who has since become Catholic. This was the first time that I was learning about the Catholic Church and not the caricatures that I had learned growing up, either in public schools or media. It was from a Protestant, an unbiased Protestant on her way to the church, although she didn't know and neither did I at the time. So following the journey of this young woman for a few months, she made a video on Easter of 2018 that she had become Catholic and explained her reasons. I had to admit that I found them convincing, and at the time, I was already looking actively at the faith, learning about it, and even learning to pray the rosary. One day, following a bout of what can be, a B-O-U-T, of what can be described as divine inspiration, I went to the closest Catholic church near me, and after Mass was completed, they said on that day, they'll start the first class of RCIA. I knew right away that it was the Holy Spirit leading me. I signed up, and on Easter of 2019, I was received into communion. This is a beautiful email, beloved. It's long, but I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. Following several happenings, similar to the one described above, I started to wonder if maybe I had a vocation to holy orders, specifically for monastic life. However, upon informing myself, I realized that because I went to a very expensive private college and had taken loans, 
I was left with thousands of dollars in debt and could not get into a monastery because I needed to pay my debts before seriously considering if this was my call in life. However, this plan of mine is something that my parents disapprove of. My father believes I'm making a mistake and will be wasting my time, and my mother is heartbroken because I'll be in a monastery where she believes she won't be able to see me or have me visit her, etc. I have to say that over the years, I have saved enough money, and we even have President Biden saying he'll forgive loans, etc. I believe that soon I could discern if I'm made for religious life, God willing. Mother Miriam, last paragraph to this email, and then I'm going to answer you, Victor. Mother Miriam, he writes, I'm asking you, as if I were your child, please think of me as such. What advice you can give me from a motherly heart? What consolation can I offer my mother, who loves me so dearly and I her? I'm going to stop right there because we'll run out of time for me to finish this last paragraph. Beloved, when we come back, I'm going to respond to Victor. And then we'll have 10 minutes for your calls, your texts, your emails, whatever's on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. This is kind of the playbook of how the culture has been so decimated and destroyed. I think the most important thing is to just recognize how much we have been manipulated. You know, I've come to see anytime Christianity and Judaism are weak, the occult just fills in. It's like the jungle. You know, the weeds just come in and that's what fills the gaps. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. It just really connected me to my faith. I always considered myself 100% Catholic, but didn't really realize that I wasn't fully practicing my faith, so I learned so much through the Station of the Cross and began just getting deeper in my prayers and feeling just so much closer to God and so well-versed in learning more about the Bible and more about what actually it means to be Catholic. So it became very, very important to me, and I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I make it a regular practice of donating every time they have their their fundraising, and just love it and wouldn't want it to ever go away. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes. You're welcome to call in. Yet, with anything on your heart, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. Text at that number as well, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have just read, we're at the last paragraph of a very lengthy and extremely beautiful email by a gentleman, 27-year-old Catholic man named Victor. And he writes at the end, um, Victor um, has had a beautiful um, grace from God to convert fully to the Catholic faith. He's 27 now. He's living on his own. Uh, He and his family are immigrants from Cuba through difficult routes. And um, he's considering uh, monastic life. Uh, once he can pay off his debt, which he's seeing the possibility of, but he has um, very resistance from his dad, great resistance, and also from his mom, who are uh, at best lukewarm in their faith. And so at the end, Victor says, Mother Miriam, I'm asking you as if I were your child, please think of me as such. What advice you can give me from a motherly heart what consolation can I offer my mother, who loves me so dearly, and I her? What can I do to appease my father, who I noticed has become outright hostile to my faith and attacks it? Although I do not live with my parents, they wish that I would go live with them and remain by their side. My father is 60. He suffers from diabetes, and he's losing his eyesight. My mother's in good health, but she suffers so much because of my plan. I feel a filial obligation to them, to care for them, and also to not cause them pain. I don't know what to do. Thank you, Mother. God bless. If we had a half hour right now, Victor, I would say a lot to you, but you want my motherly heart and my motherly Catholic, fully Catholic heart. And you're talking to a nun whose parents uh, rejected her even coming to speak about God, whose whose family, many members of my family, yet do not support me as a Catholic or a nun today. They're not in favor of it. They don't support it. They think I've gone the wrong direction. Uh, I've lost friends. I've lost everyone I've known and loved uh, when these uh, conversions and transitions took place. But God is God, and he has worked in my heart as he has in yours, Victor. And I would say to you, hold nothing back from God. The answer to your long email is go into a monastery, give him your entire life, hold nothing back from God. Your father's not going to grow less hostile to the faith if you're home. If you go and you become a monastic and you've given your whole life to God, he's going to see your growth. You're going to become, through letters or whatever means, the spiritual director of your parents. He is going to see your life and through your faithfulness uh, and courage, God can work on his heart and transform him. The fact that he's 60, he's still fairly young, diabetes and losing his eyesight is not good, but your mother's in good health and she can take care of him. You must do this. And you must say to your mom, Mom, 
I know your faith is not very strong. It's by the grace of God that mine has grown stronger. But there's one mother who has given us the example of what you are to do, dear mother. She gave her son uh, for the salvation of the world to death on the cross. And you need to give your son to God, not to death on the cross, but to God, because God has called me, Mom. And I love you, and it's not that you'll never see me again, or I'll ever see you again. Uh, There's ways that we can at least speak or write letters, and we need to both offer this as an offering to God. Victor, don't let anything stop you. Speak to your parents in love. Don't let anything stop you from going to religious life and paying you off your debts and see if your parish or anyone can help you pay those debts off so you're not further delayed. Let me know what happens, Victor. Um, stay in touch, and God bless you. We have a call from Ray in Massachusetts on the line. Hello, Ray. Hi, Mother. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. How about yourself? Good. I just had a call, and this is only the second time I've ever called your program. I'm in Lowell, Massachusetts, but I wanted to commend you. You're your inspiration in and of yourself. Believe me, you are. And you, I wanted to... I wanted Thanks, to give Ray. you an example. You, you were talking about um, parents who let their sons and daughters dress immorally and stuff like that. My sister, who was deceased, when she was growing up, she was two years younger than me, and she came out of the uh, her bedroom one time, and she was in a very, very uh, short miniskirt. This is back in the 60s. Very, very short miniskirt and a tight blouse. And my father, God rest his soul, too, he said, come here, come here. And he said, go in and put some clothes on. <laughs> and she says, well, what do you mean they're all wearing this? And he goes, they're all not my children. You're not wearing this. Yeah, no, I, said, hold on, because something happened to our connection, and I lost some of what you said. So your father came out of the room and said what? He said to her, to my sister, you know, she was a teenager. He said, go in and put some clothes on, because she Good. had, you know, a mini skirt and the whole thing, Good. you know. Good. And, and uh, so she said... Well, what can I wear? And he said, you're not going to dress like that out there. You're my daughter, and you're not going to do that. And she Good. said, well, what's okay with what's okay with you? And he, and he said, you're a, you're a girl, a young girl. You can wear clothes <clears throat> tight enough to show you're a woman, but loose enough to know you're a lady. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, I just wanted to thank you because you don't hear a lot of this from, it well, seems some of the mothers today are, uh, they're competing with their daughters to look who, You're right. who can look to, to, it's terrible. to look, sl- yeah. look sluttier, yeah. and it's terrible. You know? It's horrible. Absolutely horrible, Ray. Well, you just used a really awful word, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And um, and your word was accurate. It, it's horrible. I agree with you, Ray. Well, blessed be God for your dad. And I hope that your sister uh, took that lesson to heart. Yeah. We have a call from, uh, thanks, Ray. God bless you, dear. Angelo from Ohio. Hi, Angelo. Hi, Mother Miriam. Thank you for taking my call. And sure. uh, enjoy your program, your steadfastness and willingness to speak the truth in a time where that seems to be the polar opposite of many. Yes, thank you, dear. So I've been trying going back and forth on discerning um, between two projects I'd like to work on. I've been blessed by God to be a very creative person. I'm good at writing. 
um, went to school for these sorts of things. But without getting into all the long story, uh, that's kind of my strength and forte. Um, I've been working on two different projects, both which I think would be good things to do, but I really only have, uh, with a young family and, and everything, only time and, and money to pursue one of the projects fully at this time. And I've been struggling on which one to do. Um, in, in the very short uh, terms of it, one of them is um, strictly religious-based, and, and one is not, but they both serve a purpose. Uh, the one is, that is not religious in nature. We have a hold, hold is, on, Angelo, sweetheart. Hold on. We have a bit of minute left to closing music. Uh, actually, twenty seconds. So, um, um, let me just say this because we won't have time, Angelo. And you could call in again on Tuesday. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, I won't be. We won't be live for the next few days. But and everybody else, don't forget to tune in to beautiful Christmas programming over the weekend, Angelo. Um, I would say pray a novena and take it before God and ask Our Lady of Wisdom uh, which she would have you do, which her son would have you do, which would uh, be more for your growth in holiness and God's honor, uh, well, God's purpose. So I think if you take them both before God and you pray a novena, don't, don't be um, uh, impatient to wait the nine days. Um, Pray Novena to Our Lady of Wisdom and ask her to uh, fill your heart with the one you should do or eliminate the one that would be, uh, that God would have you eliminate. All right, dear one, and then um, if you wish, we could talk more uh, next week. God bless all of you. A blessed, blessed Christmas to you and speak with you next week.